In the last few years, the natural environment or rather preservation thereof has come to the fore in many conversations about sustainability, and rightfully so. Today, Andile and Liso share why the green economy is such a critical part of not only social entrepreneurship, but life itself. Enjoy! Through this podcast, we seek to create a space, a space of refuge for entrepreneurs taking their first few steps into the severe test and trial that is entrepreneurship. The Crucible, a podcast by Andile and Liso. Welcome back, welcome back to The Crucible Podcast. My name is Liso and I'm yet again joined by Andile. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I think today we're going to talk about something that is not so popular or at least in our segment of the space that is social entrepreneurship in terms of how you position your venture. It's not so popular in terms of people either not talking about it as much as they should be or people hate the idea they're off. They feel like it's something that's here to hinder profitability of organizations. And what I'm talking about is environmental sustainability. So in earlier episodes of the podcast, what we've really, really done is we've begun to unpack in social entrepreneurship and we've really focused on the fact that if you are having your people at heart, then you are a social entrepreneur because you understand people and you want to serve people. And the first question you're asking yourself is how you can serve people better. And in and amongst your KPIs, you are finding social indicators, whether it's the level of happiness, client satisfaction, number of people who've lost weight, number of jobs created, and all these things are to do with people or society. And that's what we've really focused on until thus far. But as we began to talk about King, you'd refer back to the episode that speaks about King. I think it's um, episode um, episode four, um, where we talked about King a bit as something that begins to talk about the triple bottom line um, and you begin to see that yes one pillar of it is people which is the social element another pillar of it is profitability um, which is obviously the funding and finances but another pillar of it is planet and for you to really be social you need to be taking care of everything that is living not only those societies or those living organisms that have organized themselves uh, in societies such as humans. So I think that is really the biggest, biggest one that we need to begin to talk about to say, if you're positioning yourself to conserve the environment and first and foremost, you are looking at sustainability practices in terms of environmental friendliness or environmental or carbon neutral or carbon negative then you are also in this realm of social entrepreneurship and in this episode we're going to talk about quite a few things that we believe that people need to begin to understand for them to be able to thrive in any type of business and i think the first one is 
the first one that people need to understand is that there is really no profits in a dead planet. And what do I mean when I say dead planet? When I say dead planet, I'm talking about a planet where the living species, which are currently in the millions, are being extinct or evacuated as a result of human resettlement, as a result of the greenhouse gases that we are producing. Uh, we're talking about things like bees. We're talking about things like worms. Um, we're talking about things like certain types of species uh, below the oceans and as those begin to deplete so do our ability to be able to make economic or productive use of the land and, and I think it's something that is very very pertinent or important that we, we need to understand to say yes you need to take care of people but over and above taking care of people, you need to be taking care of environment. And sometimes there's not much uh, you, you can do being a services uh, company. There's not much you can do internally or within your company. However, you know, you can really begin to be conscious about how you procure um, and where you procure, you know, uh, and, and how you travel and move, you know, your carbon footprint the number of flights you are taking, the number of trips you are taking to go somewhere, your systems, are they including paper, are they paperless systems? And in doing those small things, you are beginning to not only positively contribute overall to the environmental well-being, less deforestation, less uh, depletion of the ozone layer, but also you are also conscientizing your fellow staff members and the people whom uh, are willing to listen to you as a role player in whatever sector you are in to say there is no life in a dead planet and it is not the wisest thing to do to harm the environment because the sustainability, for example, in fossil fuels, you cannot do fossil fuels forever. So harming the environment does not allow you to be able to continue to serve people. Harming the environment does not allow you, more importantly for most, to be able to continue to be profitable because if you're using too much fossil fuels, it means in the future they will be depleted and there's price volatility and there's you know supply demand things that might come into play. Whereas if you begin to harness the power of solar, harness the power of hydro, harness the, the power of wind energy, then more and more you are then becoming in a position whereby you are secure in terms of your power supply and demand needs, meaning that your pricing is stable. So I think I want to pause then. I want to pause by saying, yes, the Earth's temperature is increasing, you know, more than that 1% or 1 degree rather variable that it has in the past centuries. But we have never been smarter as a human race than we are at this point in time. And we are able and capable should we see it fit when there's, in, 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 in certain spaces they call it political will, when there's political will to do certain things, uh, if there's a willpower to do it, we will be able to come up with solutions that will be able to ensure that we 
halt this uh, trend that is taking us to a state whereby more and more deserts are coming into play more and more rivers are drying up more and more floods i mean recently uh, uh, i know you you've experienced some of the floods that have hit uh, us and the devastating impacts that they are beginning or they can potentially have on the local economy uh, small businesses who don't have disaster insurance etc etc so it's time for us to really be smart about you know solving these issues the environment to be smart about how we position our businesses you know position for environmental friendliness even within the market position the environment as the first pillar which you tackle i think it's something that you can maybe expand on a bit when we talk about positioning in terms of your solution uh, to say am i first and foremost looking at people or am i first and foremost looking at profit how do i navigate that space and what is my thinking as i begin to position my service or product within the market um a lot of what is what you've said is is very very profound and in listening and and reflecting it's it's so we can go down to the granular and minute detail this thing is as simple as saying that if the air that we breathe is not fit for humans then you don't have or you've got a less productive workforce your customers or users are less likely to leave home to come to your place of operation to purchase your good or your product that's how simple and how important it is the issue of taking care of our environment i mean if we talk about the floods personally at home we weren't affected but i mean the floods were taking place or had hit an area less than 30 kilometers away and you could see, you know, people knee deep in water inside their houses and their living rooms and kitchens and so on. So it's not a myth, the effects of a depleted environment. And, you know, sometimes I, I think back to high school, primary school, when they taught us about ecosystems and they say every time you take an organism out of its natural habitat in the ecosystem, this is the effect and you take these things for granted and you know sometimes you sit and you ask why did we learn this why did we learn that and later on in life you start to figure it out and that's not to get into the curriculum it's 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 got its own you know we can have another discussion about that but i'm just saying that these things we've been taught and it's it's things that we may not have taken seriously but coming to the business perspective there is or there are so many opportunities in business that are also pivotal in taking care of our environment. And I'll try and give a few examples from my experience. It may not be things that I've done personally, but having witnessed people running businesses or projects of this nature I'll, I'll share some of those just to say there are people that are doing really good from this perspective of preserving our environment or hitting this p that is planet within the triple bottom line they're making a profit they've positioned themselves to 
take care of people and their needs, but also focusing or honing in on this third P that is the planet. And and it, it, it there's a wide range of solutions. We can start with something as simple as Arbor Day. You know Arbor Day, um, the day mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, people go out plant and tree. plant trees and da 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 and you you know growing up you wondered well, why are they doing this well, what's the purpose you know it, it, that's that's something as simple as that on our yeah, day we're it going it seems trivial yes it seems trivial it seems trivial but the long term effects of it as you plant those trees and life begins to come back into mm. those ecosystems or those habitats it's, it's something special exactly so something as simple as that um, some people have even stretched it to say one tree a month, one tree a day, etc. Then you can move up and say uh, it's not enough that we plant uh, 365 trees uh, a year. You decide that your enterprise or your business will live to solve the issues around the environment. And one thing that we see that is very, very common are waste collectors. There are waste collectors that we drive past in the morning or in the afternoons that have this trolley and they're pulling a one-ton bag of plastic bottles or aluminum tins or whatever the case may be. And, you know, sometimes we look at them and you know, we, we feel pity for them, but we don't think about the effect that their actions are having on the environment, cleaning up the environment. It, it's not entrenched in our minds. It's not something that we think about the positive effects and they, they don't get enough credit. Actually, that's what I want to say. They don't get enough credit for doing what they're doing. And, and if you go slightly up uh, the value chain and you look at some of the businesses that are involved in waste collection separation, the moving of waste from a buyback center to the recycling. They are big, big, big businesses in that space. And, uh, you know, we, we can argue and, and, and debate different topics, but these are solutions that are there to partially take care of our environment, take care of our planet. You know, and, and we can skip and gallop along and, and say, okay, there are people that are involved in sustainability around the marine economy. People in aquaponic farming, hydroponic farming, or fish farming, and so on. And are doing it in such a way that one, brings profits in, and two, in a way that is not harmful to the ocean and the organisms that live there. Um you know, and, and, and we can get into the intricacies or the mechanics of running a business of that nature. But there are businesses, you know, we go to the shop and we buy tin fish and um, those of us that are slightly, not those of us, but uh, people, uh, I won't include myself, but people that are slightly higher LSM go and they buy the sal- the salmons and uh, the, the king clip and the <laughs> trout uh, of this world, the oysters. Um, there, there are businesses behind that that farm uh, I'll use that term loosely I don't know what the industry term is but that farm those 
I think it is called fish farming. You know, and 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 you know, you if you watch, I I watch a lot of um, these cooking shows. I was going to mention one in particular, uh, but I won't. Um, but I watch a lot of these cooking shows just for some ideas and and so on. And you know, you it it goes beyond the actual fish. Some of the plant or plants that you find below the ocean are being harvested and eaten as delicacies and they're said to have this natural salty flavor and you know and and you know the 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 chefs and and the foodies would go on and on but their businesses the point that i'm getting to is that there are businesses behind um these products that are existing yes to make a profit but also to take care of the environment, to make the profit in a sustainable way, such that they're able to go more, to go back for more of the oysters, for more of the octopus, and more of the crab. Uh, I just want to take you back a bit when you talk about these, you know, uh, plants that are harvested from below our oceans, and you know, the, the, them being some sort of delicacies. You know, the, what comes to my mind as an average Joe is, I wonder how that tastes. I wonder how, um, does is it even nice? But as, you know, we begin to think more in context of what we're talking about here today, is I'm beginning to see that reef that is being extracted from our oceans. What role was it playing and what are the negative effects of not having it in that space. And th- I think that that's the mindset that um, beginning to listen to and read up on more environmental things begins to install on you. And that then begins to uh, drive you to ask your question to say, where I'm buying these uh, plants, uh, this reef, where is it sourced? Is it sustainably sourced? And that's where you find now the position of these inland farms uh, being so important that's very very true you know and 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 just to give uh, a personal example and and i think we, not i think but we, we we worked on this together for for a period of time um something as simple as uh and that uh, okay maybe let me put a, a bit of a disclaimer um the danger of telling the story is that um People from this town may be listening to the podcast, you know, and and we may not know what uh, the current state is. But for a good, you know, three to four years, um, we made a concerted effort to clean up a small mining town uh, by the name of Virginia. Um, Virginia is in Falcom, those of you that know... um, a little bit about the free state. Um, and we made a concerted effort to consolidate um, families or households of waste collectors um, and and basically built a, a business um, for them, not for ourselves, for them. Um, and they were able to leverage... Um, what uh, economists and others call economies of scale, 
um, where instead of selling as an individual uh, and dealer to uh, company X, um, that is a you know secondary buyer or a recycling company, um, you get Andil and Sipo and Liso and uh, Tobeka and you know Tando and so on. And we all, as waste collectors, combine to say, this is what um, we are going to ask for. And I mean, it, it was a simple, a simple solution. Um, and it would actually be interesting to go back and see if um, that group, uh, I think it was about 30, 31 people, are still together. Um, and if they are still uh, continuing with... Uh, providing that service to their community. But just to say that something as simple as collecting waste has a massive, massive effect on our environments. And and it goes even past, you know, we talk about the ozone layer, we talk about carbon emissions and so on. Something is far away from that. I'm not sure if it's near or far, but something like tourism, you know, a cleaner environment, cleaner town society is more inclined to attract, you know, people to come into the town to view and see and experience the beautiful parts of the town. So it's, it's, it, it, there are many knock-on effects of building solutions uh, to tackle these environmental issues. And it's not a south african phenomenon it's not an african phenomenon only it, you know it's it's a global phenomenon and you know sometimes sometimes we watch tv and we think yo but you know south africa is this and south africa is that or africa is this or africa is that but if we start to you know when whenever you get the opportunity to travel to the western countries you you realize that <laughs> ah, ah. Marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marketing um, is real. Yeah? So, and, South and, Africa is playing. You see, and, 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 and that's the reality. You know, you ask anyone that's traveled anywhere outside South Africa, um, anywhere outside Africa, and you ask them how different it is. Nah, it, it's really not that deep, you know. And, 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 and that's what gives me hope. Um, about our country but coming back to the point that i was making is that it's a global phenomenon so much so that even the united nations has uh, identified the need to target uh, through its sustainable development goals some of these elements that um, we have spoken about um, elements that ensure sustainability on land and below the water, you know, and 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 they've got this uh, list of goals. Uh, they call them the Sustainable Development Goals. There's 17 of them. But if you started around goal number uh, 12, maybe before I get to that, I mean, the goals address things ranging from poverty, to hunger, to education, to sanitation, etc. But if you go to, for example, goal number 12, um, focusing or which focuses 
on responsible production and consumption. And that to me says the United Nations are cognizant of the fact that we are fast depleting the Earth's natural resources and therefore they've put it as one of their priorities that we must chase after sustainability in this manner. This is the basic standard at which you know we must produce you must produce something that is user friendly or that is useful to people but you must produce it in such a way that it does not have an adverse or negative effect on the environment then they've gone further to say we have an issue the issue is around global warming um, and the results and effects thereof um, if we talk about floods and tornadoes and this and the other. And they've said one of our goals should be to focus on climate action. If you look at goal, I think it's goal number 13, uh, which focuses on climate action. And and to me, uh, you know, it, it says that this is a global phenomenon and it, it's something that more of us should be talking about, more of us should be involved in, more of us should build solutions for. I mean, something as simple as changing packaging, you know, reusing packaging. We all have heard and seen adverts and campaigns to reduce, reuse and recycle. Um, and those are efforts from different sectors of our society, whether it be government or non-profits um, or even businesses that are conscious about the environment saying this use of plastic and, and I think that's the most widely uh, looked at or spoken about uh, quote-unquote pollutant um, you know it's it's very dangerous and and this is the solution that we have we need to reduce the use of plastic. We need to reduce plastic waste going into the environment, into the oceans. I mean, I've, we've. I think a lot of us have seen videos of um, uh, organisms in the ocean, whales, and so on, um, that are have eaten plastic and died. I actually watched a, a really gruesome video recently. Okay, I don't know how it landed up on my recommendations on YouTube of a is it a turtle it's not a tortoise it's a turtle um mm -hmm. <laughs> the one that lives in the water i think it's a turtle that had a plastic straw almost the size like half a pencil's length up its nose or up one of its nostrils i, I think and i've these, seen that one and, and they were removing it or something and pulling yes. it yes i mean it's I've, things I've like that, that it's things, it's things like that. Those are the effects. And that's why you see a lot of these uh, restaurants and fast food places moving from the, the plastic straws to the paper straws. Exactly. You know, and, and, and you know, and, and I mean, this episode is to bring light to the fact that when we say we're building social enterprises, it doesn't stop at human beings. 
I think for me that that's that's really the biggest thing. It doesn't stop at human beings. We spoke at length in previous episodes about humans, human-centered approach, etc., etc. But we felt it important to bring forward or bring forth the issue around the environment and the effect that it has. And also to say that it doesn't have to be this boring, uh, laborious, uh, and I don't know what other adjective to use, you know, uh, insipid topic. It, it can be something exciting. We can build challenges or create challenges and, and reward people, companies for taking care or taking steps to protect and preserve our environment, our planet and our societies. And for me, it's something, I mean, it's something that's really important for me personally. It's something that I think about. Um, and the more I've been exposed, I mean, growing up, I, I never used to care, you know, I'll drop the plastic, I'll drop the tissue, you know, I'll try and throw uh, the bottle into the bin and if it doesn't go in ah you know it's someone's so getting paid yeah so you know there's something that says no i'm, I'm creating employment and that's <laughs> you know it's, it's it's a nasty thing to say you know because it, I'm, and now that we, you know our eyes have been opened and we're more exposed to these things it's it's you it's so bad you know what I, and i'm speaking for myself i know i used to do it but nowadays, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really conscious about what I throw into the environment, where I dispose of my waste. I'm not yet at the level where I've got uh, four or five different trash cans in the house, one for this, one for the other. But I'm conscious, you know, of throwing stuff out the window, um, you know, drop kicking plastic bottles, you know, trying to get them into the bin. <laughs> drop kicking. <laughs> I literally used to do that, you know, in high school, you're in the playground, you know, we, we, I grew up playing a bit of rugby. So whenever you get something, you're either trying to pass it or you're trying to drop kick it as a rugby player would. And you try and drop kick it into the bin, you know, and if it doesn't go in, you know, you say whatever yeah, you say. Sometimes you but, win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> I'm actually embarrassed to tell the story but yeah it's it's it, it, it it's all about being honest with ourselves that's how we grew up um we didn't know better but now that we know better let's build solutions you know I'm not sure if you want to jump in there but for me it, it's something that's really close to my heart in terms of um you know how I just live my life, um, being cognizant of of society, and and it it had it 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 hits home. Before um, I, I I let you jump in there, it hits home for me. Um, you know, at home we we really um, involved in the agricultural sector. You know that the the, re, the recent heavy rains ruined our produce. You know we had potatoes in the ground. And the potatoes are ruined, you know. If, if when you go there and you try and uh, harvest, uh, one the leaves aren't burning because the the leaves are supposed to be supposed to prune, and then the leaves are supposed to burn at a later stage, and you know that the potatoes are ripe. But the leaves are green because there's water photosynthesis takes place, and the leaves are, you know, are continuously growing. And when you go and you check, maybe you harvest one uh, plant and you check at the they're wet. And they're soft 
because of the excess water that has gone in. I mean, those of you that know anything about planting potatoes, you don't need to water them a lot. You put them in the ground um, as long as your, your, your soil is fertile. There's a little bit of rain here and there. They, they'll be fine. You go, you prune and so on. And they're fine. Uh, but, you know, after heavy rains, your, pro, your, your whole crop or your whole produce is, is messed up. And, and imagine people that live on that, um, that make a living from planting, harvesting and selling potatoes. Um, it has a devastating impact. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, I can go on and on. I think speaking about the impact that it has on people who have uh, uh, or who make a living from from these different sectors, uh, you know, it's something that we can really go into um, at length. But I just want to make a little example about um, something that you talked about earlier in terms of tourism, uh, specifically when it comes to things like boat cruises, things like um, uh, fishing and so forth, but maybe keeping it at boat cruises, you'd understand that by throwing a plastic uh, into um, the, 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 the ocean or, or, or into the nearby or on the road, which then goes onto, uh, when it rains, it goes through the drainage system, which will spit it out at the nearby river. The nearby river will then take it to the river mouth, which will then spit it out at the ocean, and then it ends up on some dolphin, some whale's mouth, which then kills it. And as that species that is, uh, you know, your whales, your large mammals in the ocean depletes, uh, it's one of the tourist attractions that people come to see in specific places. And there are individuals who maybe are employed uh, on chartered ships or chartered boats that would go out to do the rounds in coastal cities uh, and towns to show people around, show them the different types of whales, uh, hippos and so forth. If you go to more lakes, I think it affects lakes even more. But with the drought, uh, with the plastics killing uh, these uh, uh, mammals and organisms those uh, if we make a look at lakes those lakes are not even deep enough for the uh, ships or boats to move uh, let alone go on uh, you know chattering people because obviously you need it to be a certain depth for it to be a certain heavy with a certain load and that's an industry dead I remember I think uh, when I was 13 maybe 14 going on grade 7 tour we went to a place in pumalanga they took us into you know some river slash lake dam and you know they would show us the different uh, species that are in the ocean and you'd need to not the ocean but rather the lake or river um, and you'd need to look uh, really deep and uh, careful but you'd see the hippo and you'd see all these different things and that also shows the different types of trees and the reefs that are growing on the riverbed or in the riverside so i think uh, and 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 at the trajectory that we are going industries like that are going to die um and that's just one example and you look at the ocean's economy beyond the tourism you get the fishing you get uh, the harvesting of, of, of uh, you know, minerals uh, on our oceans. 
And at a certain point in time, the rifts that are holding certain things together, the certain habitats that are being held together, it's going to become even impossible or difficult for current boats to be able to uh, travel in those spaces. So for me, very, very important that every time you think about um, the environment or you think about the second P, think about it uh, or sustainability. Ask yourself if, don't ask yourself if, will this kill my profits today? But ask yourself what impact will it have in your long-term profits? Uh, what impacts will it have in the long-term economy of my country, my community, and the world at large? And if you are saying whatever processes and systems you have in place are enabling for you to continue to do uh, trade so that you get more profits. And then that's the purpose of doing profit or being profitable. You're pro being profitable today so that you can be profitable again tomorrow. No business people are greedy. You're not being profitable so that you can make enough so that you, you survive. You're being profitable today so that you can do the same thing tomorrow. You know, uh, that, 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 and they've called it sustainability. So you are running your business today. <laughs> it's financial sustainability. <laughs> and it's the same thing uh, in the space of environment, you know. You must do to the environment uh, or treat the environment in such a way that you can be able to do the same thing to it tomorrow uh, and the following day and the following day. So if you want to be able to have the boat cruises tomorrow and the other day and the other day, the certain changes that we need to begin to have in our lifestyles. So I think with that, I want to close and say for us, we need to begin to think about the environment the same way we think about profit you know you want it today you want it tomorrow and you want it the following day and you want it today so that you can have it tomorrow um, and you can never have enough of it same uh, with the environment so you conserve it because you can never have enough of it i think it's something that we can take with digest and and think about as we build our solutions as we build our businesses getting something today but still wanting to have it tomorrow from an environmental perspective in this case. That for me is, is the profound takeaway. And on that note of consuming something today and still wanting to have it tomorrow, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. You'll consume and digest our thoughts, our opinions, our ideas, and that you'll come back tomorrow for some more of the Crucible podcast. For now, thank you and goodbye.